Welcome to Man on the Silver Mountain. I believe this is episode number nine. I'd like to thank everyone who has joined the Patreon campaign. If you're not familiar with that is, for as little as a dollar, you can help support the podcast. And also along with that, you get some free downloads and uh, currently working on some other free stuff <clears throat> that, uh, that I want to give away to everybody. To date, these are the things that you can enjoy if you join up with the Patreon. We have the Lifetime of Gray Skies audiobook, uh, Tombs covers, which include David Bowie Heroes, Sam Haynes' Mother of Mercy, Rorschach Oppress, and the Stockton Tapes, which is um, the demo of last year's The Grand Annihilation. It's uh, slightly different versions of the song. We recorded that at Chapel Black in Brooklyn, New York, with uh, Travis Bacon and James Van Dusen uh, helping out with uh, production responsibilities. If uh, you're short on cash, another way that you can help support the podcast is to um, just give us a like on uh, iTunes. You know, give us a review. Five star is great, but if you don't like it, one star is fine. A written review is killer. Give us some social media shares, like when the episodes go up on Facebook, you can share it with your friends. And also, if you enjoy the podcast, you can just tell your friends about it. Say, hey, I had a really good time listening to the Everything Went Black podcast, and uh, you should check it out too. And um, if you're not already subscribed, I urge you to subscribe via iTunes. All that stuff kind of helps us out. As usual, shout out to Onnit. Our affiliate sponsor, if you're into good, clean living, check out all of their products. If you go to everythingwentblackmedia.com, there's two portals. And um, check out what they have if you're into exercise equipment, uh, foods, and supplements. Um, you can just click on that, and um, I get a little little taste. I get to wet my beak on the purchase. This kind of helps keep everything, all of the machinery oiled here, You know, the lights on, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> also, if you dig coffee, there's always Savage Gold Coffee, which is my coffee brand. Go to savagegoldcoffee.com and um, you know check it out. We got a couple of roasts, we got some espresso, and um, also if you're a Amazon Prime person, you can just go to Amazon and buy the stuff too. Save some money on shipping. 
before we get into the actual meat of this uh, episode, just want to give uh, a little some news items out there. Uh, Tombs is going to be embarking on a very short tour starting in May, uh, a bunch of solo dates, and uh, this hasn't been announced yet, and I don't know why, but I'm just going to announce it on my own, that uh, three of the dates are with the band Bloodbath, uh, New York, Boston, and Toronto, and um, yeah, if you're a fan of that band, we'll be on that bill as well as uh, direct support, so check that out, the official announcement should be going up soon, and um I think all those shows are going to be very well attended, and it should be a lot of fun. So now, I want to talk about Antifa. I want to take some uh, time and just kind of go over this and um, talk about some extreme liberalism and, you know, just sort of uh, give my thoughts about that and maybe get some discussion going with you guys. And uh, like I said, feel free to, um, to email me at uh, mike.hill at everythingwithblackmedia.com or you can comment when this goes up on Facebook you can comment on the post or hit me up directly <clears throat> via the uh, messaging and if you have uh, opinions about this I welcome all the opinions like I said I'm just a guy I don't have any authority <laughs> or any kind of background in sociology or any political agenda or any of that kind of stuff I just you know sort of a champion of people and free thought and being an individual and not being controlled and not knuckling under to, you know, thuggish tactics, either from the right or from the left. And, um, you know, if anyone disagrees with me, please feel free to share your opinion. We can talk about it on the next episode because I feel like this might be um, an ongoing topic for me. Um, just in general, uh, my dissatisfaction with this uh Recreational insult, uh, unreasonably extreme liberal viewpoints, which sort of come full circle and become this sort of fascist dogma, which you know back uh, you know back in time we've all sort of railed against that. On paper, Antifa is not necessarily something I. You know, ideologically disagree with. You know, back in the day in 1936, the Battle of Cable Street. This event is something that most uh, members or quote unquote members of Antifa use this as their inspiration and their rally point. It's 1936 in London. Outraged denizens of the East End banded together to oppose Oswald Mosley and his British Union fascists. And, um, yeah, they took to the streets. There was this obvious threat. They barred their way from having a demonstration, and they hoped for the best. And I understand this. And, um, you know, it's an extreme situation, and there was extreme sort of circumstances, and they, they took to the streets. And, um, and I get this, you know. And like I said, I oppose fascist ideas, now, fascist ideas reside on both ends of the political spectrum. You know, there's obvious right-wing extremism, and now there's this new idea of left-wing extremism. To stop fascism, present a strong, unified coalition against fascists. That's a great idea. I don't completely disagree with Antifa. I can't say this enough. 
Charlottesville comes to mind. Now, they blocked the entrance of Emancipation Park, where the white supremacists were planning to do their rally. Critics often cite the freedom of speech angle, you know, which would allow you know, the white supremacists to gather and do their rally. But the protesters also have their right to protest. So this is more of like a citizen-on-citizen citizen scenario. You know, freedom of speech means the government cannot interfere with your freedom of speech. However, this leaves the option of a citizen to take it upon themselves to counter-demonstrate. You know, and this, I think, is all necessary, and it's all part of uh, the plan of living in this country. You know, I mean, despite everything, I still believe that the United States is one of the greatest countries in the world to live in. Uh, we, we, we enjoy all kinds of personal freedoms. There's opportunities for everyone. Even though we live in an incredibly flawed political system, but I do have faith that people can actually make a difference. But I do not agree with this kind of thuggish violence that's going on on both sides of the fence. I do believe that we are not past rhetoric for making a difference in our political system. I urge people from the Antifa movement to reference the political parties and the political activists of the 1960s who actually organized and actually made a difference for civil rights, feminism, anti-war movements, all that sort of stuff. You know, Antifa is this kind of nameless, faceless organization that wears masks and, you know, have these cool, like, black outfits on. It's, um, I find it a little cowardly. I think that you should, you know, put it on the line. I know if you can read about many activists in the 60s who went to jail or incarcerated for their beliefs. And um, aside from just going out and fucking shit up on the streets and busting some heads, if you really have strong beliefs and you want to help people, then I think that you should put that on the line. Use your identity. Stand up and be counted as someone who opposes fascism or whatever the fuck these guys think they're opposing. So the whole masked, you know, proto-terrorism, you know, lefty vibe is, is something that just seems a little false to me. And also I've heard a couple of interviews where some of the higher members of this organization are refusing to get their hands dirty when it actually comes down to uh, to doing things. Rather, they are manipulating these kind of impressionable young people to go out there and, you know, stab people, burn out, burn property, destroy, that kind of stuff. And I find that to be incredibly cowardly as well. Furthermore, it's kind of similar to the military-industrial complex where, you know, the leaders safely sit behind fortifications while these young people go out there and get blown up and come back disfigured, emotionally scarred, and, you know, in a really bad situation. These days, things are not so cut and dry. You know, that by simply calling someone a Nazi or a sexist, there's this belief that you have carte blanche to do whatever you want against them. You can brand them or their ideas as being undesirable and shut down their whole operation. Furthermore, it gets sticky when art is involved. 
it's a very dangerous idea, similar to uh, you know George Orwell in 1984. You know, I just want to talk for a minute about that. You know, because I do feel that we're entering into this time of new speak. You know, in 1984, there was the country of Oceania, which created this language called new speak. And uh, the purpose of that was to meet the ideological requirements of quote unquote English socialism, which existed in the 1984 novel, or INSOC for. Uh, you know, for a simpler term. It was a controlled language, which was uh, meant to limit the mind and manipulate thought. Now, a lot of this stuff is starting to ring true with me, you know, with uh, these redefinitions of things as fascism, Nazi, racist, all this gender pronoun business that's going on. I mean, I'm going to stick to the topic, but that leads to a whole other episode that maybe we can get into. Maybe I can have a guest and we could talk about this. So according to Orwell, the purpose of Newspeak was not only to provide a medium of expression for the worldview and mental habits proper to the devotees of Insak, but to make all other modes of thought impossible. Its vocabulary was so constructed as to give exact and often very subtle expression to every meaning that a party member could properly wish to express, while excluding all other meaning and also the possibility of arriving at them by indirect methods. This was done partly by the invention of new words, but chiefly by eliminating undesirable words and stripping such words as remained of unorthodox meanings. And so far as possible of all secondary meaning whatever. Nazi. Fascist. Racist. This whole new idea of newspeak is sort of giving a new definition to these words. It's no longer the meanings that we've come to believe. The meanings are, if you don't agree with this extreme viewpoint, then you can be labeled as a Nazi or a fascist or whatever. Racist, whatever you want. Whatever they decide to call you these days. And I oppose that idea. I mean, yeah, sure. I thought it was cool that Richard Spencer got punched in the face. But did it really accomplish anything? If anything, it made Spencer look like a victim. You know, some guy with a ski mask runs up, punch a Nazi in the face. Yeah, sounds good to me. But you gave Spencer the out by looking at him as the victim. Like, look, I'm a law-abiding citizen here just expressing my ideas and this like lefty runs up to me and punches me in the face. I think that it actually did more to fortify the extreme right or the alt-right, whatever you want to call it. Even Noam Chomsky comes out with a statement that Antifa is actually a major gift to the right, and I tend to agree with him. A lot of people on the left are trying to marginalize Chomsky, stating that his ideas are no longer relevant, that he's too old, uh, that he's not in line with the new liberalism and all this sort of stuff. But what he says actually makes a lot of sense to me. I blame the system. Ironically, Antifa believe that they are actually opposing the inherent fascism in our, our political government. But when you take a closer look at this whole thing, 
they're employing fascist tactics to get their point across. For example, we have Milo Yiannopoulos, someone who I don't particularly like, someone I do not support, someone who I think is dangerous. The former Breitbart anti-feminist, alt-right, and alleged white supremacist neo-Nazi supporter, Trump supporter, etc., the list goes on. Obviously, I don't like this guy. Definitely don't support any of his ideas. However, I do believe that he has the right to say what's on his mind because that's basically what this country is founded on. We're founded on the idea of people having freedom to do what they want, freedom to express themselves. And um, I also believe that you can have a counter to that. But Ianopoulos didn't show up with an armed escort, people with bats and mace and all this other stuff. He just showed up to, to speak his mind and you know, spout his rhetoric. You know, however vile and disgusting you might think that is, he still has the right to do that. Now, if you want to counter protest, you can show up and counter that. However, I don't think it's cool if you show up with a bunch of bats, wearing a mask, Molotov cocktails, and start roughing people up because they don't follow the same ideas that you have. This all went down in Berkeley, which is significant to me because Berkeley... You know, back in the old days, in the 60s, this was like a hot, speed, hot spot for political activity. Where people laid it on the line in a way that resulted in some people being arrested, you know, their futures being altered because they had political beliefs that were contradicting those of the norm. So now you have a bunch of masked cowards showing up with bats ready to beat people up. The message being sent by that is that the left does not have powerful enough words to counteract the words being brought forth by the alt-right, and it puts them in a position of weakness, in my opinion. If you show up ready to raise hell and fuck shit up because somebody just happens to be saying things that you don't agree with, that makes you look like the villain. You look like the terrorist. And I think, once again, it just alienates people. Anyone that might have moderate ideas sees a bunch of wackadoos showing up with ski masks, and now suddenly the right wing doesn't look as threatening because the left is putting on this evil disguise. No one likes being intimidated. No one likes being beat up. No one likes the property being destroyed even if it's in the name of something that is, you know, basically thought as being positive. This leads to something that happened earlier this week, which has been a polarizing incident um, within the extreme music, metal, black metal world. Um, you know, the band Taka, who is scheduled to appear in the United States um, on a tour, also came under fire. From Antifa. Now, this, you know, there's been precedent of these guys showing up and trying to bust up shows. Let's talk about Taka's tour, which got canceled. Now, in the past, a lot of black metal bands have come under fire from Antifa because they believe that they hold certain views as a result of the use of certain imagery, certain, you know, war 
whatever, whatever imagery they use. Um, there's this belief that these guys have a Nazi or you know white supremacist viewpoint. And I simply do not believe that these bands do. You know, I think that there's enough of actual racism and neo-Nazism going on in this country where a group like Antifa can actually focus their power and resources on. I'm going to call, um, call to your attention a book called Everything You Love Will Burn by Vegas Tenold. It's a book that came out a couple weeks ago. Vegas is a personal friend of mine, and I urge everyone to read that book, which is actually will demonstrate to you, will illustrate that there is actually real threats to our way of life out there, that there's actual groups out there organizing that are gaining political clout and followers and are moving more into the mainstream. I mean, let's face it. You know, bands like Marduk, Taka, any black metal band, they're never going to be a mainstream thing. You're never going to see them, your average person, going to see a black metal show. But, you know, if you're a guy who works in a warehouse, some of these ideas by these extreme white, extreme right-wing groups might appeal to you. There's the National Socialist Movement, the Traditionalist Workers' Party. All of these groups are outlined in this book by Vegas. You know, he actually spent time embedded with these guys, finding out like what, what their ideas are, you know, why they have such extreme viewpoints, and what their plans are. As far, and their plans are to become a viable political force in this country. That scares me. What does not scare me is a bunch of dudes from Norway coming to the United States wearing corpse paint, playing extreme music, and wearing iron crosses. They're not organizing anyone. They're not making any statements here. I mean, let's go back to Gigi Allen and Susie Sue. You know, these people, the, the Hell's Angels wear iron crosses. You know, maybe Antifa should take uh, their argument up with the Hell's Angels. See how that gets, how far that gets them. I mean, where do we draw the line? Movies about World War II. Are they going to threaten Quentin Tarantino because he, in Glorious Bastards movie, showed Nazis? Um, I don't know. I mean, it just feels like the whole artistic statement is under attack by the extreme left. Will Minor Threat be singled out for the track Guilty of Being White because Antifa are too stupid to understand the meaning behind the lyrics? You should be able to express yourself however you want. You should be able to create art that challenges people. Even if those ideas aren't popular, even if those ideas are offensive to some people. Let's not forget about guys like Lenny Bruce and Howard Stern and how they went to bat for free speech. I mean, there's also guys like Max Hardcore out there who tested the limits of obscenity. I mean, I don't particularly like his brand of pornography. I find it personally disgusting, and it is potentially harmful. But I do believe that it should exist. If somebody wants to make that and someone else wants to participate in that, I believe that that is really up to them, up to the discerning adult individual.
And that's the bottom line. Everyone here is an adult, able to make their own decisions, able to answer questions, able to question each other without the use of violence, without threats. It's just another form of censorship. Anyway, I just wanted to get this out there. If anyone's got any questions or any sort of you know, statements they want to make or comments to this, please feel free, and we'll talk about it on the next episode.